Scientists recently made an unlikely discovery under Arctic ice, a massive bloom of phytoplankton. The find is already changing the way that we think about the Arctic ecosystem and how it's responding to climate change. And joining us now is Kevin Arrigo, a biological oceanographer, professor at Stanford University, who led the NASA-sponsored mission that discovered the algae. Welcome to our show. Uh, thanks for having me. Can you describe the consistency of the water under the Arctic sea ice that you surveyed? Yeah, it was pretty much like pea soup. It was probably the the greenest water. Well, it, not probably. It was the greenest water I've ever seen anywhere. Uh, it was probably among the largest blooms of of these algae, of blooms of phytoplankton, uh, almost anywhere. And it was under a sheet of ice that was three feet thick, which was just shocking to everyone on the ship. How large uh, an area does the algae bloom cover? Well, the, we couldn't sample the whole thing. Unfortunately, we sort of ran into Russian. We didn't run into Russian waters, but we ran right up against the Russian border, so we could only sample it in in basically two dimensions. But it extended for about about sixty miles uh, as far as it could go. It was it was on the shallow water part of of what's called the Chukchi Sea, which is to the west of Alaska, and the whole uh, completely under the ice on this shallow water shelf it extended from from the edge of the ice all the way until the water got very deep and it, and it was about a layer that was roughly between 100 and 200 feet thick wow so it was a big big bloom so the dis- and the discovery uh, has been described as similar to finding a rainforest under the arctic is that what it felt like to you it was i mean i've I've been doing polar research for 25 years now. We've done it in the Antarctic. We've done it in the Arctic. We never expected to find anything under the ice. And the reason is the ice is a great reflector of light. Light doesn't get through ice. And you don't expect organisms, plankton, that require sunlight to grow to be able to live under a layer of ice three to four feet thick. Uh, And in the past, that was the case. But today, because things are changing in the Arctic, the ice is becoming thinner, the ice is getting more transparent, and we're seeing these big changes going on. Would you have been able to do this research if the Arctic ice wasn't thinning? Uh, it would have been harder. Uh, typically, we were on an icebreaker on one of the United States Coast Guard icebreaker, the Healy, uh, which is a big ship, and, and it can crash through some pretty thick ice. But oftentimes, researchers shy away. You, you don't normally go into the ice unless you've got a good reason to go there. It turns out for the for the program we were involved in, we were interested in, in looking at how changes in the ice cover in the Arctic have been affecting the ecosystems there. And one of the things we wanted to look at was open water, and we wanted to go deep within the ice pack. And so it's certainly a lot easier to get into the ice pack now with what was it's predominantly one-year-old ice, uh, where historically the Arctic has been covered almost completely by two, three, four, five-year old ice, which is a lot thicker than the ice cover is now. So the uh, the ice cover is diminishing pretty rapidly. You're suggesting it, it's well, it's thinning, and it's also the extent is is it's much less extensive than it used to be. Uh, this, and this has been a basically, as far as we know, at least a 30 year trend where we're declining sea ice extents and and uh, uh, and thick and decreasing thickness. But it, what we're also seeing is an increase in the number of melt ponds, which are at the surface of the ice, and that sort of the key here. Melt ponds are basically ponds that form when the snow on the top of the ice forms. When you've got a lot of old 
rugged, maltier ice, <clears throat> you typically can't form melt ponds. Uh, the, it just doesn't hold the water at the surface. But now we've got this nice, flat, first-year ice, which holds melt ponds very well. And these melt ponds transmit lots of light. Two years, two years ago, a team of Canadian scientists published research which found that the amount of phytoplankton found in the oceans globally has decreased about 40% since 1950. Uh, so uh, has it just decreased in other parts of the oceans but increased under the Arctic ice? Well, yeah, that's a very controversial paper. And so it has definitely increased in the Arctic, uh, and not even just in the, under the ice. If you look at the, at the trend... Um, well, at least over the last 15 years, in, in the amount of phytoplankton, the amount of food that's produced by the ecosystem in the Arctic, it's increased by about 20% in the open water over the last, say, 13, 14 years, uh, since 1998, basically. Uh, we didn't know anything was going on under the ice. So this, the fact that this is also happening under the ice is a big surprise for us, and it's something we've never accounted for, and we still can't account for because we still don't know how widespread these particular blooms are. But it's clear that if the rest of the world is becoming less productive, that's not the case in the Arctic. My guest is Kevin Arrigo, a biological oceanographer professor at Stanford University. We have a picture of those melt ponds on our website at WNYC.org if you want to uh, be able, if you want to actually see what we are discussing, I'm assuming that climate change is the reason we're seeing all this growth in phytoplankton. Well, that's the that's the assumption. I mean, it's pretty. The fact that it's uh, it's so closely related to changes that are going on in the sea ice, and the changes going on in the sea ice are are almost certainly related to to uh, increasing temperatures in the Arctic, this increasing pine- air go ahead. Yeah, air temperatures and water temperatures both. The plankton was found to be about 10 times as productive as algae found in the ocean, the open ocean. What does that mean? So what that means is, so if you look at the, typically when we think of Arctic ecosystems, particularly the marine ones, you know, all the food that's produced by the phytoplankton, that is what the entire ecosystem eats, from polar bears to seals to whales, everything in the Arctic ultimately eats Something that eats the phytoplankton. So the phytoplankton are the basis of everything. So is that a good thing, then? Well, the fact that it's more productive is it's hard to say if it's a good thing. It's it's a change. So the system is changing. And what's likely to happen is we're likely to see shifts. Uh, Things that had been doing well uh, may become at a disadvantage. And things that weren't doing so well may be doing better. You know, the fact is there is more food to go around for everybody now. It's going to depend now on how that is partitioned in this new changing ecosystem and whether it's hard to say that it's good or bad. It's just going to be different. But uh, I suspect that uh, the the animals that rely on phytoplankton will be moving up to the Arctic in greater numbers. Well, they well they may. Uh, Are we seeing problem, more whales? Are we seeing a different fish up yet. there? No, no, we're not. So the so the, so there are. Uh, some of the issues are, uh, and this is one of the things that concerns me most about this, is the fact that there are lots of animals, as you say, that migrate up to the Arctic. The problem is that migration route is oftentimes it's very long, and you can't necessarily 
change the timing of when you get there. These blooms are happening earlier and earlier in the year now. You know, they're shifted by, in the water column, they're shifted by more than a month. That was before we knew that it was happening even earlier under the ice. And if you're an animal and you're either flying or swimming thousands of miles to get from, you know, your, from your summer grounds up to the Arctic where you, where you want to feed and, and where generally there's a real pulsed uh, availability of food, a very short window typically in the Arctic. It doesn't have a long growing season. Uh, there's a real concern about whether or not animals will be able to adjust their timing to be there at the right time when those phytoplankton are still there and when the things that eat the phytoplankton are still there. Uh, so there's going to be more food, but it's going to be coming at a completely different time of year than it's been historically, and that's now, what we're a little concerned about. Other parts of the ocean where we've seen massive algal blooms like the Gulf of Mexico have eventually become hypoxic dead zones. Is there a risk right. of that sort of thing happening in the Arctic? Um, probably not, almost certainly not. And the reason is because places like the Gulf of Mexico, the reason you've got those dead zones is because there's this big infusion of nutrients coming from agricultural runoff, for example, from, from the uh, Mississippi River. There's no increase in nutrients going on in the Arctic, so generally the nutrients get consumed, well, there's different degrees every year, but there's, there's not a big pulse of new nutrients coming in that but, would result but, in, in, a, in a massive overgrowth like you would have in the Gulf of Mexico. But doesn't ocean acidification increase CO2 levels in the water? Uh, that's so something that. That, would in, that would encourage growth of, of something that uh, uh, engages in photosynthesis. Yeah, so there, is the, so, there, so there is certainly a lot more consumption of carbon dioxide associated with these blooms, and, and which is a good thing for acidification because you want to pulse our carbon dioxide out of the water if, you're gonna, if it's becoming acidified. The way to remove the acidification is to remove the carbon dioxide. And these plants, these phytoplankton, do that very effectively. Uh, they draw that carbon dioxide down to very low levels. So and that might that also, help the Arctic a bit. Absolutely. What it also does is because it allows more atmospheric carbon dioxide to then invade the ocean to replace what's been taken up by the phytoplankton. So the Arctic becomes a bigger, we call it a sink, for atmospheric carbon dioxide Ke under these circumstances. Kevin Arrigo is a biological oceanographer, professor at Stanford University. He led the NASA-sponsored mission that discovered the algae under the Arctic ice. And I want to thank you so much for being on our show today. Well, thanks very much for having me.